0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart.
1: Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
0: Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Stoney Brewing. The official brew of Steeler Nation Rivalry Week. Competition making you thirsty? Crack a Stoney's. Pure, honest beer. I'm your host, G. Stryker. And with us is our NFL insider, Brad Lambert. Brad, another great win coming off a bye. What did you see last game to give Steeler fans some confidence moving forward?
1: Man, it's always good when you're stacking wins. And right now, the Steelers look like they've really found their groove. Yeah. And they're clicking on all cylinders.
0: They're looking great. And you're right. Stacking wins is important because... Starting off the season, 1-1-1, one, one, and one. Steeler fans are ready to jump ship, ready to burn down, to jump off some one of the 200 bridges there in Pittsburgh. But, <laughs> man, we turned it around, and fortunately, three wins in a row changes a lot for the franchise, and, and last win was a big one, especially when we tied the Cleveland Browns in the first matchup. It was nice to see them, even though we had that, I don't know what's going on with this team, Brad, maybe you can enlighten me a bit. But the the whole first quarter, it looks like we're just mired and trying to figure out what we're trying to do on offense. It seems like Ben has to get kind of like banged up or injured first before he's ready to play. <laughs> Today, it was, or this past game, it was a broken finger, and he got motivated, yeah. and he played He played his lights out after that point.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, the Steelers have always been a slow-starting team. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of how they all move. If it's some medals, I don't know if it's strategy. I honestly don't know what it is, but it's something we've all been used to for years now. Yeah. Um so the 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 main thing is when you start slow, you can't let the other team start fast. Yeah. So that's what really hurt us playing the Ravens last time. And I had a front row seat. I was there. Oh, I flew nice. across the country from California. Perfect. To watch these guys uh, unfortunately lose, which was is always the worst. But, yeah, yeah. You know they went down fourteen nothing. Yeah, real that's
0: right. Yep, I remember that game. Yeah.
1: So I mean that that's something you can't do, and um, you know i I will go toe to toe with anyone against you know uh, on this topic. But I think the Browns are a really good team. I agree. They have a lot of uh, a lot of issues, obviously, with you know not just from the head coach and. Offensive coordinator and Todd Hale. But that defense is nasty. Okay. So the fact that the Steelers just moved the ball at will, you know, yeah. started the second quarter till the end of the game,
0: got protection. James Conner yeah. Was-
1: yeah, was unstoppable. Yeah, they kept Roethlisberger clean, yep. which you
0: just mentioned. Yep, only one sack. Yeah, I mean, and that was a great yeah, effort by Miles Garrett. And Garrett's going to make a play. You just got to try to limit him. He's a monster. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and, and you know what? I, I think you know, uh, health has a lot to do with the success recently. I mean, if you look back again, the yeah. uh, you know the the Chiefs game and the Ravens game. I mean, we were. Not great. We didn't have Hayden. Hilton was hurt. I believe Ramon Foster was out. I believe mm-hmm. uh, Marcus Gilbert was out. So, I mean, now we're clicking on all cylinders and have all of our weapons, you know, including Mike Hilton and Joe Hayden, yep. who have been just unbelievable.
0: They transform the defense into a top defense when they're playing together. And it's, it's no question. It's a night or day difference between points scored, touchdowns against when Hayden and Hilton are both playing together. This team wins.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, this week, you know, uh, versus Baltimore, mm-hmm. it's always hard to play in, in uh, M&T. Yeah. But uh, you know, they they got to start quick. They cannot abandon the run. They did that last time against the Ravens. James yeah. Conner only had nine carries. Yes. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> so you know when he when he has over twenty five. He's over the hundred-yard mark yeah. this year, yeah, and he racks up two touchdowns. Yeah, so well, yeah, that's a, a guy who's hot, and you got to keep feeding him the raw.
0: And he had another incredible game. I mean, over—I think this is his first game now—with over 200 total yards of offense with his rushing and receiving. Um, he had 66 yards, I think, receiving, and 146 yards rushing with two touchdowns again. Extending the Steeler yep. record now for most 100-yard games with two touchdowns or more. He now has four, by and the that's, way, the, that's the record. By,
1: by the way, you know yeah. who's not on that list?
0: Franco Harris.
1: Oh, Bell. Yeah, oh, that is true.
0: Oh, I missed that one. Jeez.
1: <laughs> that was a softball. Is not on that list. And you're right. I, I, there are differences between the two players. Let's yeah. let's just quickly talk talk about this. Sure. James sure. Connor brings an edge. Okay? He does. He's physical mm-hmm. and no now Le'Veon will hit somebody. Yeah. But I will say that Le'Veon will try to juke someone out of their shoes mm-hmm. before he tries to run them over. Yeah. Where Connor is like, no, nah, I'm just gonna run them over yep. or hit them literally with a spin move. Fly off and take off, you know, but his, the, it, his compact insane. spin move
0: is insane. I mean, we remember Mendenhall who had that really slow spin move who earned the nickname spin, then fall. And but yeah. Connor's spin move is so compact and he gets around so quickly. I mean, it's really a treat to see. And it's something that's kind of unique being a Steeler fan not seeing a player like this being able to, to make people miss completely just off of these quick, compact spin moves. Because he's, he's not just spinning just for spinning sake or just to try to make a move to get out of the way. He's spinning. His feet are still on the ground in perfect position, and he's accelerating out of that spin. I mean, and he, and he yeah. does it to fall forward. He does it to gain yardage. He does it to, when somebody's already on him, and he wants to lean out a little farther. It's great to I, see.
1: I think it's more more like Jerome Bettis, honestly. I mean, he mm-hmm. would lower the shoulder. Yeah right into the chest of the you know linebacker and then oh, yeah. just spin out of it and that's kind of what Connor's doing he's yeah. just flipping his will you know pounding them and then spinning out of it taking off but yeah. the, the other thing i really like about James is he's quick man yes. i mean there's there a big difference between you know what Le'Veon brings to the table in regards to speed yeah. i think he's very shifty mm-hmm. i don't think he's fast mm-hmm. and um Obviously, the fact that uh, James Conner had more long runs of over, I believe, twenty or thirty yards than Le'Veon has had his entire career this season. Yeah, that's crazy. uh, I think that's (laughs) That's a lot because you know Conner hits the second level, breaks a few tackles, and then he has the speed to not get caught from behind for the most part. Yeah, and uh, you know that's that's an added dimension that I think the Steelers are really welcoming and. You know, hey, as these weeks passes, uh, Sir Le'Veon Bell uh, is, is uh, making it even worse for himself.
0: It is. And Le'Veon Bell's got to be smart now with his contract negotiations. I just wrote an article on Steelernation.com uh, discussing basically the timing that Le'Veon Bell has now to ensure that he can still accrue six games on the roster this season to be listed as playing this year so he's a free agent at the end of the year. Now, what it comes down to is the following game after the Ravens game is our is the Steelers' ninth game against the Panthers. It's on a short week. It's a Thursday game. So he'd yeah. have to report before that game and the reason why it's eight games is because the Steelers carry a two-week roster exemption. So yes, they and, do. and they're expected to use it. So mm-hmm. they if Le'Veon if Le'Veon signs The Steelers are going to slap him with that two-week roster exemption. They're not going to pay him for another two weeks. So at that point, eight games left in the season, two-week roster exemption. Now you only have six games left in season. So the drop-dead date for Le'Veon Bell to sign is actually the 6th. 6th or 7th of November. So he has to sign next week. So he's on board for one... Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. That's it. He's got till next week to make up his mind, and it's on the seventh.
1: Yeah, uh, you know it just it, it just keeps getting worse. I yeah. mean, you know James Conner just won AFC Player of the Month.
0: Yeah, oh, gosh, <laughs> like,
1: yeah. <laughs> You know that that's you know I, I'm not saying it's all James. No, I mean James is a hell of a running back, but that offensive line killer is the best in football. They're killer, and it just you know
0: they're pulling from so. both sides now. You got Foster pulling right, you've got DeCastro yeah. pulling left, and they were killing, crazy. killing Cleveland yeah. with those plays. I mean, the, you saw the holes that he was running through, especially that touchdown run at the end of the game. I mean, yeah. that was that was the whole field. Everybody Beautiful. was walled off. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, amazing. Yeah, crazy.
1: Yeah, and they knew yeah, it was and coming. They, and that's, <laughs> the last, the last, the last kiss of death to this whole scenario. Yeah. will be if James Conner has a big game on Sunday versus Baltimore. Yeah. Oh yeah! If if he racks up a hundred on the ground and you know 60 through the air, you know receiving, mm. I, I, it just it it really kills all momentum because yeah. that's really the last thing that you know Le'Veon has, you know, in his cap, if you will. Yeah, is that you know he was successful against the Ravens on the ground. Yeah. Well, guess what? You know if. James Conner has a good game, then there's really nothing left. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So the, the negotiation is whatever happens next season for him. And and, and the other thing, real quick, he mm. always wanted Todd Gurley money. Yeah. I want Todd Gurley money. I'm sorry, but Todd Gurley is up for MVP of the league. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell, I'm sorry, but never did what Todd Gurley is currently doing
0: with the touchdowns, year in and year out. yeah, yeah, and everything else, yeah, he, you're right. He's
1: just he's a freak.
0: Yeah, he is, and he
1: just dominates every single game. Yeah, to the to the level where it's like just stop trying. It's, yeah. it's like when Adrian Peterson came in the league. Yeah, and it was like forget it. Every time he touches the rock, he's going for six. You know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it's like you know Todd Gurley, the way he's catching the ball. He he had a play last week. Uh-huh. That just blew my mind. Mm. He had a chance to run into the end zone with, like, 57 seconds left or something. Yeah. And he chose to down it at, like, the five Mm. on purpose. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry, but I don't see Le'Veon Bell ever doing doing a play like that. No. That's smart football. He's running into the end zone, doing a flip, celebrating, and... ...the game because he didn't kill a clock. Yeah. But Todd Gurley, he intentionally takes on a defender, wastes time, and the Rams run out the clock and beat the Packers.
0: That's a smart move. That ensures the it, victory. It's
1: just, I, I just, I'm sorry, but the whole argument, that that's never going to happen. Yeah. Ever. So that's all I'm going to say about it. Well,
0: it was also good to see the defense making plays in the game. Of course, Hayden had a big game, two passes defensed, interception, two tackles for a loss. For Hayden, yeah, I mean he was a monster. Hilton all over the field, Watt seven tackles and got a sack and two tackles for losses. it's finally turning it back up. Finally, good to see him get a sack and a tackle for a loss. And he was being real disruptive on that line, letting the linebackers slide and move. And I mean that defensive line did a great job of holding Nick Chubb to sixty-five yards. I mean he had like fifty yards at the end of the first quarter. Rest of the game yeah. he had fifteen. Same thing with the Steeler offense. I mean they had seven yards of offense at the end of the first quarter, and they racked up 421 yards in the next three quarters. I mean, this team yeah. puts together four full quarters. They can have a 600-yard game. No problem. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely crazy what they're doing. I mean, and and also you got to give credit to the secondary because everybody was doing well. I know Sensibol was starting for Burns, and the entire secondary held every single receiver under 40 yards. So nobody had over 39 yeah. yards on Cleveland, which is unreal, and it's great to see. And Mayfield, under and, 200 yards total.
1: And, and I got to say, Mike Hilton, he has shut down Juice Jarvis Landry yep. twice this year. Yep. Shut him down. And no we're slot. Talking, yep, you're right. Yeah, we're not talking, like, Mike Hilton as, like, Champ Bailey in his prime. Like, we're talking he's a really, really good slot corner. Yeah. But he shut down the number one receiver for the Cleveland Browns. Yes, he did. And he's done it twice and his tackling, he doesn't miss tackles. Nope. He's physical. What a steal by Kevin Colbert and, and company to find him on the street. Yeah.
0: I know the, Patriot, the, the Patriots are wishing they had him back. I know that. Oh my goodness. Guy's a monster. What a steal. Yeah, he and, is. <laughs> and Joe
1: Hayden, like you said, he's been absolutely phenomenal. I think he's up for team MVP. Yeah. Next to uh, James Connor, Yeah. Um, and, you know, it looks like Ben and A.B. are clicking now. Yes, it does. Which is really oh. important moving forward. Juju's yep. been consistently awesome. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see more out of the third receiver. So yeah. hopefully James Washington's back on the field this week. They sat him last week, yeah. not injury-related. Yep. I think it was more of a get your shit together and yeah. uh, let's go.
0: So, I, I'm hoping. I'm um, hoping he can pick it up. But Hunter, is, Hunter's talent. doing the the dirty stuff right. Hunter's blocking yeah, really yeah. well. I Hunter, mean, he's a
1: journeyman, he got a, he got, yeah, he
0: is, and he got two third downs conversions for the Steelers to keep drives going. But he's got to catch those deep James, balls, and we, need, to, the, we need that. that we need that person. We need that. Yeah.
1: We need you that person. We Washington need somebody do to. That.
0: Somebody needs to step up. Either Hunter or Washington does need to step up to start getting those deep I, I really
1: think it'll be Washington. Yeah. I think he's still rejecting. I mean, it took to do half of last year to really get going. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, this is where James kind of breaks out.
0: Well, there's so, no no arguing that Washington does have the higher ceiling. No argument there.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a freak athlete. So yes. Give him a little bit more time, and I, I think he'll be just great because his hands are awesome. Yeah.
0: Now the crazy thing coming out of that game too, what happens after a big Steeler loss in Cleveland? You blow up the coaching staff, fired a head yeah. coach and offensive coordinator, Todd Haley. Hey, sorry, you're unemployed yeah. again. But yeah. man, I've never seen an organization fire both a coordinator, a top coordinator, and a coach mid-season. I, I'm not. Well, it's unreal. <laughs> Yeah, here,
1: here, here, here's the thing I'll say about this, uh-huh. and I don't want to waste too much time on it. But Tim yeah. Jackson is a joke. Yeah, I mean, if you watch anything of you know the Hard Knocks show, uh-huh. he had no respect by yeah. any of the other coaches or any of the other players. Yeah. Every time he spoke, it was all "Look how awesome I am," and yeah. I'm the head coach, and blah blah blah. And you know, he wasn't saying anything meaningful. Or in some it was all just like trying kind to of talk and convince himself why he should be sitting in that chair. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So like he he had no business being the head coach, and I'm really not surprised it sucks. And you know, it, I'm I think they'll be much better with with Greg You know, moving forward because she's out there just terrible.
0: Yeah. It's it's crazy though, but I mean, they were for Cleveland Brown. You know, the, the city itself and for their team. I mean, they were actually having a decent year. Two two wins already. They got a tie against the Steeler. They beat the Ravens. Four games went to overtime. I mean, it was, it. was it's a competitive team. And frankly, yeah. I, I understand why the Rift was on offense and why they were so upset with each other. But, I mean, usually it's an either-or scenario. Either you get rid of the coordinator or you get rid of the head coach. But to get rid of both was just completely I, I mind-blowing think- to me.
1: I mean, honestly, for me, I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson were at each other's throats the whole time. They were. Um, Todd, obviously, being an ex-head coach and obviously an offensive coordinator for a while, he felt like Hugh Jackson was mm-hmm. an idiot, which he is. Yeah. Um, but the main thing is I think the Browns did that to you know, prove a point yeah. to everyone else who's there now, which is like, we're not going to put up with this beauty BS in our locker room. You know, the head coach is the head coach, get off as the coordinator, or defense coordinator, or quarterback's coach, stay in your lane, you know? Yeah. So I think that was more proving the point and setting the tone moving forward mm. at Todd Haley's expense, which is unfortunate for him, but he'll find another job well, quickly.
0: But that's his third op it's his third time that we've heard of in Kansas City, in Pittsburgh, and now in Cleveland where he's rubbed the organization the wrong way. I think it's going to be yeah, a lot tougher I mean, for him to get jobs. I mean, obviously he has some issues when he goes out and bars every once in a while, but you, know, <laughs> you got to take the good with the bad with this guy. <laughs> and I, th- I personally think wow. he needs to be a lot more productive offensively before you have to accept his
1: his bad. For sure. Yeah. One more person I want to talk about on the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. is Sean Davis. Oh. Now, you haven't heard his name a lot this year. Yeah. And for good reason. Mm -hmm. He's made the transition to free safety, Mm -hmm. which is a new position for him. Mm -hmm. And he has been lights out. Okay. We haven't had too many long plays given up. Yep. We've taken away tight ends for the most part. Yep. Aside from the Kansas City game. Yeah. I mean, David Njoku didn't have a catch last week. And he's a freak tight end. Yeah. He is, and that's because and he killed us. Deshaun he killed Davis. us in the
0: first game. He had a great game the first the first yeah. game of the season. Yeah, you're right.
1: So I I just I had to show some love to Sean Davis because he's been incredible, coming into the box, stopping the run, uh, the freak in the back end, yeah. shutting down, you know, deep balls and tight ends. And that's so a big cool that's a big
0: difference. And you're right. That's a big difference from last year. I mean, with Mitchell and his problems with his with his, um, I believe he had a hamstring issue all last year that he never really fully recovered from. He was bouncing on and off the roster, or yeah. the active roster. And, I mean, the only thing we saw out of the free safety last year was how to make mistakes and not make it to any plays. And that was horrible for a Steeler fan and the gut-wrenching to watch. I mean, I'm glad that Mitchell's doing much better. You can tell he's healthy. I think his second game at the Colts, he won AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Kudos to yeah. him. But I mean, that's it, it. I'm glad he's still successful. But it, you're right; it is nice having Sean come in and, and and do the good, do the things well. He's doing everything well. He's attacking the box. He's not afraid to come up and hit because he was doing that as a strong safety last year, and he's covering way better than what we had last year as well at the downfield. So you're right; it's amazing to watch. Uh, injury wise, I
1: also say, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, I'd also say that he's. Probably the second-best tackler on the team next to Mike Hill. Mm. Nice. So that's something that can't go unnoticed either. Yeah. So, you know, once again, you haven't heard his name a lot this year. Yeah. And that's for good reason. He's not making mistakes. He's not giving up big plays. So shout-out to Sean Davis.
0: Awesome. Awesome. On the injury front, Steelers are looking really good, even though Ben Roethlisberger did fracture his index finger, his left Non-throwing finger in the game. Left hand guy. Yep. left, left hand. hand, not right. <laughs> Looks like he's going to be doing more pistol and shotgun this week as opposed to going under center. I don't know if he heard it during a quarterback sneak, but <laughs> he's he's got a banged oh, up finger. He will he practiced fully yesterday. He's going to be starting. You know, he's a competitor. He is wearing
1: a glove though. Yes, he is wearing a glove.
0: Yeah, and when it gets to the colder times of the year, it's usually the time of the year you start seeing Ben putting a glove on anyway. Um, Marcus Gilbert, who was out of the game last week, he practiced fully on Wednesday, but was limited, uh, yesterday. He's kind of trending backward. We'll have to keep an eye on him to see if feelers going to come back in and start again this week. Um, and Cody Sensiball is the only other person on the list. He did not practice on Wednesday, but he was limited yesterday. We'll have to see how he practices today. So hopefully he can get up and going now the Ravens. They are on the opposite end of the spectrum. They need a bye week. They are banged up. Yes, they, got, they we, are. We got big players on their offensive line. You got James Hurst, their tackle. Um, You've got uh, their other tackle, Ronnie Stanley, and you have their, who the, the, did not practice at all this week. It's not looking good for either of them. And Alex Collins, top running back. <laughs> he isn't practicing. Yep. CJ Mosley isn't practicing. I mean, this is a banged up team. And for their their offensive line did an excellent job last game limiting the Steelers' pass rush. I think it's going to be a lot tougher if they're going to have two or three more new starters and they're trying to stop this pass rush, which is up there leading the league in sacks and pressures again this year.
1: Yeah, I I also think the Steelers are in a different place defensively than the first time they played. So that's an even bigger problem for the Ravens this week.
0: Yep. And as long as they can eliminate that two tight end set, I think having Hilton back in the center, like we've been talking about now, they also got Burnett. Burnett. Yep. They got Burnett right back. So now we've got the dollar package with a lot of big safeties coming in, being able to hit. You got LJ Fort coming back in too. He got some play last week as the, as a cover linebacker and making some rushing plays and rushing the passer. So it's good to see the Steelers healthy exchanging and utilizing a lot of personnel to the strengths of the down-and-distance situations, and I hope to see that a lot more moving forward. So, Brad, what are your predictions, then, of this upcoming game? What, how do you see it falling out?
1: I mean, most of the Ravens' games are close, man. You yeah. know, I, I think if we don't turn the ball over, I think this is a seven-point game at most. Yeah. Um, but then again, the Ravens are the walking wounded right now. Um, Even if those guys play, they're not going to be 100%, Mm. which is an advantage to the Steelers. So I I wouldn't be surprised if we win by 17.
0: Wow, big win. That's great to hear. I'm with you there. I I found an interesting statistic both on the Steelers and the Ravens. Ravens defense – or Ravens offense scores 24 points a game. Steelers defense – Let's up 24 points a game. I think the Ravens are going to score 24, but I think the Steelers are going to score 28. I think it's going to be another tough fight. Ravens always show up to play the Steelers. It's a motivational game. Harbaugh knows how to get that team motivated, and I'm just hoping the Steelers come out in their first quarter with that kind of intensity that they had in the second, third, and fourth quarter against Cleveland because they put together a full game. I don't see anybody beating them.
1: Yeah, I think uh they can't abandon the run, they gotta start quick and they can't turn the ball over. Yep. If they do that, um yeah, yeah, I I see this, you know, ten to fourteen to seventeen point, you know, cushion because the Steelers just have an incredible offense. And uh now that the defense is clicking, mm-hmm. if they can take the ball away once or twice, yeah, I see this game getting out of hand.
0: Yeah. That's great insight, Brad. Hey, Brad, thank you as always for joining us here on the podcast. We really appreciate your input.
1: Uh, No problem. You have a good one. Thanks, man.
0: Be sure to also check out our forum at SteelerNation.com for excellent football analysis and discussion. It's a lot of fun, and so I suggest you sign up for a free account and come join the fun. We also just got some new T-shirts in, original designs for Steeler Nation. Check out this awesome design. I'm going to get a medium myself. I think right now it's strictly on Facebook, but uh, it should be on SteelerNation.com shortly as well. Thanks for joining us on the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Stoney's Brewing. I'm G. Striker with Brad Lambert, rooting with you as always. Go Steelers!